We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Go Blue with Stu. I am your host, as always, Stuart Douglas. Uh, today, we're reacting to the game. I recorded this right after with Ant. We're on one of those hangouts on, on Twitter. We took some fan questions, um, talked about the game overall, what we saw, the final play, what we thought of that, um, just the heartbreaking gut-wrenching loss that it was and so we took a lot of questions um had a good time always a good time with ant um so i think you guys will appreciate it but here is that recording i don't know man there was so much going on i was trying to like even take notes i think a little bit and when you have two ot's I realized when you try to like evaluate a game and you have two overtimes, you forget like anything that happened because <laughs> you're just watching the game and just hoping for it to like one be over and then two for who you want to win to win. It was a, it was just so discombobulated. I don't even know how to evaluate it. It was just mistakes, right? Like I feel like Michigan Illinois was like scoring off mistakes. I don't think they were super talented. I thought they were big. They're a big team, and they would get some advantages there. Meyer, you know, it all depends what day he shows up to hit three step backs going to the right. Like, that that won the second OT. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I just didn't think that they were all that great. And then you got guys like Rodgers having a career day. They didn't have a guard in the game. Um, yeah. Their guard either left the team or is in concussion protocol. And their yeah. other guard, Sincere Harris, isn't really – He's more of like your like hype man, the guy who's gonna come in and play good defense. He's not initiating offense or anything like that. So, like that's another thing they gave up. I know it was double OT, but you gave up over ninety to a team who didn't have a backcourt player on offense. Like they had four wings, four four wings in a in a stretch four. Well, there was a stretch there where they they scored. I don't know what they're they were scoring a bunch just in the paint and they only shot three threes and they had what they they had the they have the fiftieth ranked somewhere around the fiftieth ranked three point rate shooting wise like yeah, how they, they, get they, up? they get them up up there for for sure and they didn't they knew they just attacked Michigan and got into the paint I mean the help side defense was it was bad I mean it was really really bad yeah it was and the that, boxing out was terrible was off was awful yeah yeah. I mean, it was just late reactions and a lot of things. I mean, Melendez should not be scoring 10 points in the second half 
there was that one where I mean dunk. I mean Chelsea looked at me and was like, "How many dunks are they gonna get?" <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> like they shouldn't. You should never. There was one possession in particular where Jet was late to ro- rotate, and it was Hawkins got a dunk off of like a pin down or a ball screen. I don't remember. Just a simple roll, and I'm just thinking like that's that's like one of the deadly sins. Like you just can't give up dunks off of easy basic rolls. I don't know where what exactly happened they're worried about, which is odd because those guys can't shoot. Like maybe worry about Meyer, but everyone else you should just let shoot. I don't know. They go down nine. Michigan goes down nine. Yeah. Uh, they put in I believe it was Joey and Terrace came in. I believe, right, for T-Will and Jet, I want to say. And they went yeah. on like a 10-0 run immediately, and you saw Kobe kind of just took over there Very over the good. course of two and a half minutes. And for a team that blew three timeouts in the in the, in the the first half, they never really had to use it. <laughs> until no. like You know, until the game was uh, at the at – the, absolute end at the absolute end it was kind of nice yeah it definitely was um where where are where are you at in terms of um i feel like they've had this situation all year where they just can't close out opportunities um you could put this one under the same belt you know they're up seven up seven with the minute 40 left up seven with the minute 40 left you you have to close out that game. I mean, you are you don't even have to score. Like all you have no, you don't need a field goal. All you have to do is execute two possessions to where even if you miss, you have good defensive transition and then just finish defensive possessions. That's yeah. all it comes down to. And and they they gave up what seven in a minute twenty? And yeah, you give I- up an and one and in the paint. Yeah. 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 It was I don't know. I I thought Terrace was good, but there was one where I think it was Shannon got downhill and he just was late, should have switched the screen, and then he fouled them at the end, which didn't actually end up hurting them. Um th- there's just a lot of mistakes in the paint and just yeah. on some rotations. I don't know. It was it was odd because you thought they went up seven and you're like, oh, okay, they got this. This is just like the Wisconsin game. Like they're finally going to close out some stuff. And yeah. then it's like snap of a finger layups, which was odd. And it's I don't almost know. like when when they went up seven with the minute 45 left, you're sitting there like they're one stop away That's from winning this game. Literally said that out loud. I was like, just you all you get the next stop, get to a minute, and then that becomes a much tougher game for Illinois. Yeah, just one, just one stop. Yeah, that's it. One stop. And I don't remember who scored in that possession right there. It was Terrence Shannon three point play. Yeah, that that got it down to four. One of two. Yeah, and I think Ty. The think Ty Rogers hit the reverse layup to cut yeah. it to two again. I believe. Yeah. I don't know. I think. I mean, they create some problems with their height, but it's like junk. I did not think Illinois was good. I didn't. They played all small forwards. Like they couldn't really run anything because they didn't have any guards. Like, think about that. Think of 
Think about that. Like they had all wings, and they still like, scored. And they still scored. That's that's the part that it kind of shows, like, like the gaps defensively that Michigan still has, and not yeah. being able to close out opportunities and be able to close out defensive possessions is the fact that a team went out there, ran quick hitters the whole game, not no offense. No, that was it. Quick hitters, yeah, and figure it out. And they put up over 90, and I know it's – I know, I know right. it's double OT. Ten more but minutes, still, right. like, gave up over 90 to quick hitters in the Big Ten. That just – that just does not happen. It doesn't happen. No, and especially when you have – I mean, I know Terrence Shannon is tough. Terrence Shannon, first of all, thinks he's, like, the coolest dude in the Big Ten. I don't know. He, his dude loves – he loves himself with the – with the braids or the bangs, he's got like the white girl bangs. It's hilarious to me. <laughs> you know he, what though? He's fast. He is. He's so, so fast. fast. He's but like, so fast, and he's like six six two twenty. But you stay in fast. front of him, and he does not want to shoot an eight footer over you. He no, does not. No, he Absolutely not. It's going to the rim, or that's it. I was <laughs> a little surprised that Kobe had as much of a problems as he did with him. There were some baseline drives. I think he refused a couple screens. And just going downhill, you know, it was like, you know, you, it, it's kind of one of those situations, and I'm probably not giving Shannon enough credit there, where it's like, you know, they back off uh, Westbrook, and it's like, all right, you're going to give me a five-foot head start to go straight at you? Fine. You go ahead and guard this. Right. I, I thought, like, I don't know. I thought they still could have contained him a little more on those and not fouled as much. That's the other thing, man. Michigan's – the exact same game, The all these kids one or two years older don't foul like this. Like – all the reach-ins, all the little ticky-tack fouls, the end ones there at the end, like none of that happens. Like there's like little things. I feel bad for Terrace, man. And I love this quote the other day. He was like, yeah, they tell me I'm reaching too much. Like, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's hilarious. Like that's very, he's like, yeah, I'm working on it. And I was like, I can appreciate that. But yeah, you want to get in there. You want to make a play so bad. And it's like, dude, just stay straight up. These guys aren't going to hit shots over you unless you're Matt Meyer at the end of second overtime. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We uh, do have some uh, some people who have uh, some more questions or yeah, it things to say. Let's go with uh, Zeke. You've been waiting to up here for a while, man. Go, go ahead. Appreciate it. Um, just my question for you guys and Stu. I don't have a problem with really how the game played out. It was like, like you said, it was ticky tack both ways, and I have no problem feeding Hunter because he was on fire. You know what I'm saying? 
But why do you think Joey Baker is the one that gets the shot at the end? Like, I just feel like it's kind of knowing your place, and I feel like he's not the one that you're looking for for the best shot. You think it for the last shot. You think it's because Kobe was going left-handed going towards the left side of the court? I don't know. I just I just figured what his last shot was that layup um, driving baseline. And then, two, it just hurts because you get the shot at, what, the end of um, regulation, end of both overtimes, really. So that's just my one question. Why do you think Joey is the one that is the, the play is really designed for? You want that or – yeah, I, I I think because he's the guy that does that. Like, he's the only guy Jet fouled out. He's the only guy that comes off screens and shoots those shots. That's it. And, you, I mean, as a shooter, you you mentioned this. Uh, I don't know where you were. I was listening to you, But you're, like, going left. Like, going towards your left as a right-handed shooter is great. You just go across your body. You don't have to turn all the way and square up fully if, like you're, if, you, if it was going the opposite way for Joey. Um, I think Kobe's fully capable of it, but it's not like his expertise coming off screens and shooting those shots. Kobe's more of like a rhythm dribble, yeah, like off the bounce shooter, not like a sprint, come back, read, read, like come come off a screen, pause, freeze you, then shoot. He does that a lot. And I don't know, man, like you have Joey there, use him. I, I fully believe that. He is the best guy to do that. It's easy to say when he misses a shot, and especially when he airballs it. But like, I don't know. You take go that to every time, like yeah. wide open, to, and it wasn't even like a deep three. Like, no, it was right there. It was almost too open, to be honest with you. Yes, if anything, it was too open. Yeah, he had it's to. Like, he like thought for like a half second. He was so open. He was like, "Holy crap! I I can't miss this." Yeah, when that goes through your head, you're not gonna make make the shot. No, not at all. But when you're not thinking, you're unconscious. You usually have a much better chance at hit at uh, hitting it for sure. I mean, it was a hell of a play, John. Up, it was. I called it too in playback. I called it. I said but, they're gonna have uh, they're gonna have Joey come up and then just turn and get a rescreen. And sure enough, and I, I didn't expect it to be open because yeah. people run that play so many times. They're always on it. Illinois destroyed that switch just absolutely messed it up not even close they guarded it so bad that's why joey was wide open coming off because you had two guys ran to one and the other guy ran the opposite way next thing you know joey has the ball with an opportunity to go to overtime and then completely he he just he he just completely flexed flexed it he short-armed it he was thinking way too much he was oh yeah Big time. That was all between the ears. That that had yeah. nothing to do with the shot itself. But that was just him just overthinking things. I mean, I, you have Kobe come off of it. He bricks it, and then you you complain that you had Joey in the game ready to do that. Like I don't know. It's it's you, you hit it that every great. Time. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not really worried about that about Joey getting the shot. Why well, you I, have I'm that? Not necessarily- not don't want him in that spot. I'm just saying maybe with the game online, I want like my big time players and taking the big time shot is just what I'm saying. But you're right. That's who you do want. He's a great, he's a shooter. That's his role. I'm just saying in the crunch time. But I appreciate it. Shout out to Michigan Legends. Appreciate you. Appreciate it, Zeke. Uh let's go with uh let's go with uh Torin next. Thanks, Sam. What's up, Stu? What's so, going on? 
couple thoughts from before. Uh, I don't know if Stu, you were in there yet. I know what you were on when we were talking about defense. Defensively, I thought they were terrible. And you can obviously talk about help side being bad, but that starts with on-ball defense. The on-ball defense was awful, especially given a, against a team that doesn't have, you know, any guards. They let them get to the rim way, way too often. And then, sure, help should be there in certain cases, but with as bad as they were on the ball, that that just contributed to the overall or defense around. For me, no game ever, and I understand no game ever comes down to, to one play, but once they went up seven, Shannon had the and one. I don't remember if it was right after that bucket or if, I think it was. It was on that inbounds when they were trying to break the press. Jet picked up his dribble. It kind of looked like a crap show for a minute. He gets it to Hunter, and then everybody that was watching, you knew an offensive foul was coming. You just sensed it. To me, well, the guards either have to come get the ball, or that's where Juwan calls a timeout. For as long as Hunter had the ball there, you just knew something bad was going to happen. Yeah. Not that it comes down to one play, but as soon as that happened, it just was, you know, and Monday morning quarterback, but it it was just easy to say like, okay, Illinois is going to go down and score again. And then all of a sudden a seven point game is a two point game within 25 seconds. What stunk about that is that they didn't execute and they didn't get a shot up in that possession when they just had the lead cut to four. So you're still up by two possessions. They still have to find a way to execute and do something there. They didn't run anything. Nothing was even at the rim. Um, I thought that was um, as soon as Hunter was caught dribbling with with his left, uh, I thought timeout immediately. I thought when Jet picked the ball up and he was kind of didn't know where to go, timeout immediately. Um, But still, like, you can't have guys like Doug and Kobe run from the ball. I don't care if they're – I don't care if those guys on you are being physical or whatever. You have to make that happen. Like, you're – you you trained all summer, all spring to get open right there. Like, you have to get open. You have to get the ball out of Hunter's hands. Even Jet was trying to come back um, for, like, a handoff concept. And at that point, um, you know, it's just like – if the ball's not with Doug or with Kobe, Michigan should have been, you know, Michigan should have not been feeling very, uh, very secure at that point. Yeah. Well, you um, can tell when, when Jed had the ball in the backcourt, he wanted nothing to do with the ball in that moment. When he yeah. got the ball in the inbound, he, he took like one dribble and it was like, somebody come get this damn thing. I don't want it. You know? you saw, yeah. You saw Isley, I think, at, uh, right after that, get in Doug's face a little bit. Not like crazy, but like, be like you, that's you. You got to go get the ball. Like, you can't just leave yeah. Jet out there. I don't think Doug's has ever been scared. Doug has actually been – he's pretty fearless when it comes to bringing the ball up the court in those situations. He's but like I, messing around with the ball but between his legs. Dude, always, dude. like, this dude is chilling out there. Bro. Yeah, like, and that was – so it was odd. It was like it seemed like a one-off that he just kind of let Jet go. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he thought that he would break the press with a, with a pass over the top. I don't know. It was kind of odd. He probably thought that, hey, Hunter and Jet might go into a little bit of two-man game here. Yeah. Something like that. I don't think he was thinking, I mean, holy crap, I got to go get this ball. We 
you you practice on purpose, not catching right there, like right across half court, like right in the corner. Like you absolutely. Maybe he put down uh, lines. From every he put down yeah, lines. You either crossed all the way to half court or you stayed back 10 feet. Like do not get close to that. And so that was just no man's land. He used to put down lines like three feet from the sideline. Yeah. He used to say, do not ever have the ball over here. Because <laughs> for like more than one, one reason is because you're going to get trapped by the sideline. But the biggest reason is passing the ball vertically is the worst angle uh, to move the ball because there's because there's the way that the angles work. If you pass the ball vertical, it's much easier for the defense to to get a deflection, steal it, or jam you. So yeah, but they were all over. They were all in that space the whole time. And I'm just just uneasy just watching the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Hunter got it across that court. He thought, okay, we're maybe all right because they kind of backed away from it. And then as soon as he put his head down and start dribbling, it was it was done. If he would have just taken like a dribble and picked it up, I think the you know the oh shit moment happens and Jawan or somebody calls timeout. You regather, but head was down. He kind of got away with a little armbar most of the game. Um, and it, it, you just kind of knew what was going to happen as soon as he dribbled. Yeah. Big fella takes more than five dribbles. You're like, all right, here we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. um, let's go with Evan. He's He's been up here for a bit. Go ahead, Evan. Appreciate that. Shout out to Stu and NUM, Michigan Legends. Uh, my first question would have to be, do you think if Jed is in the game, you think we drop that same, obviously, great play? By Joel there at the end of the game. I know you tweeted out that video of the bad quote unquote bad play calls at the end of the game. So that was a great play call. Do you think Jet gets that shot if he is in? And also, was there something you saw when we went up seven that like, like what happened when we went up seven? I know Shannon was making n ones and Myers hitting step back threes, but was there anything in particular you saw that like once we were up seven that we kind of just stopped playing defense or anything like that? I don't know. I would love to hear your guys' insight on that. I think Jet gets that play for sure. Um, I think maybe they guarded a little better. I don't know what they were doing. That too. That too. I think yeah. they will because I don't think they, they expected don't, that. I to think they don't switch. But I don't yeah, know. I don't think they ex- expected that I was going to go to go to Joey. Honestly, I think yeah. that they expected that that was going to go to go to Kobe. I or think Hunter. that's why they completely botched it. Or Hunter, yeah. That's why I think they can completely botched everything. Yeah. And the the defensive part, I, I, you know, it's like watching an NFL game, right? And you're in prevent defense, and the other team is just marching down the field, and they're down two scores, and you're like, why is this so easy? And it's because you're playing not to lose the game. Football is obviously a little different, but I think it's it's very similar in basketball, right? Like you don't want to foul. They're in double bonus in OT and double OT, and I think it was end of regulation for a while. And you're like trying not to make mistakes, and then you end up playing a little soft. Um, and you're worried about your man because you don't want your man to score when it's that when you're like trying to get a stop when when you know when sphincters get real tight there at the end. So it's a combination of things. I mean, it it's rampant in all of sports. I think college, NBA, it doesn't matter what sport it is really like the comebacks happen for a reason and they happen a lot for a reason, like at least getting it close. I think they just played a little timid. I mean, I don't, there really wasn't too much to do besides like keep your rotations tight and box out. I don't, 
I don't know if I really wanted them pressing at, you know, all the way to half court. I thought they were actually pressuring Shannon too much out top. Uh, I agree. Giving Agreed. him a lot of lot of uh, confidence to see like open spaces there below the three point line, which is exactly. 100%. What I agree 100% with that piece. It reminds me of uh, when they were guarding A.J. Hogard out there at State last year. Yeah, I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like, I know Terrence is a good shooter, and I think they were they were pressuring because I think they were pressuring because they felt that they had no guards, so they could really disrupt them. But after you get blown by a couple times, uh, I think you have to adjust there and be more containing more than anything else. Uh, they didn't shoot that many threes tonight. And, like, for a team that <laughs> that's what they do is they shoot a bunch of threes. Yeah. For them to just not have to settle for threes because they were getting to the rim too many times, I I think they should have made some, some adjustments there. I'm sitting here watching. Um, I'm watching when they got that Hunter charge thing, and the it's a it's a four point game. Kobe's guarding Shannon out by the State Farm side, letting him get all the way to his left. Everybody collapses, and then Ty Rogers just you know uh, finishes with a little like underneath loop de loop thing. Did did Doug then, let him go? Uh, did Doug let him cut back? No, that was um, that was someone else. I don't remember who was there. Um, the, Terrace Terrace was guarding Rogers, and Terrace got lost. Yeah, uh, because you had Hunter. Hunter stayed in the paint because um, because uh, Hawkins went out to the out to the wing, and then Ty snuck baseline, and Shannon hit him. Yeah, you can't lose. You just can't. <laughs> yeah, you guys, can't lose anybody. You think Jet hurts us on defense and defense rebounding? I don't know if you saw. There was one point they got an offense rebound. They cut to Jet, and he just says, "Fuck!" Like he gave up an offense rebound. Like I feel like he hurts us offensively and defensively. Not offensively, sorry, defensively and rebounding wise. Um, like he gives up a lot of offensive rebounds and can't really guard anybody. That was the play right before the half. Real quick, Evan, where you where that cutaway was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, fuck. yeah. You yeah. Out. Uh, I can't hit on Jet. He's been great for us. So that's I'm just wondering. It seems like he does hurt us on defense and rebounding wise. Yeah, I mean it's pretty apparent the mistakes he makes on those. And um, yeah, I mentioned the Hawkins dunk earlier off a roll. Like he was there and help side and just kind of standing and looking and reacted late and didn't really contest it at all. Yeah. I mean, no hard foul either. Like, yeah. I mean, he was too was late. Him, he was too late to even foul. It was going to be an animal. Yeah, which is, yeah. Which is a whole different argument. You gotta, yeah. you gotta be there for it. Yeah. It's been you his, be there for it. it's been his biggest struggle. I don't know what the numbers say, but it's definitely, you definitely it's saw the defense without him. Like, I mean, Rutgers is different, though. I just don't think Rutgers is very – they're just not good offensively. It's a little different. Um, and Wisconsin is pretty slow. But, yeah, I mean, that's been – and it's been glaring mistakes. Uh, but this game is, like, we're going to highlight every little thing that happened. So, I don't know overall with all that. But it's been uh, something you leave, – leave something to be desired, that's for sure. The biggest thing is the pressure out to almost half court. 
the whole game is kind of wild. It's kind of wild. It was the one game where I was like, okay, zone, fine. The only game I've ever thought this year where I was like, zone could be okay. And they still almost jacked it up to start. But I was like – My only thing is the rebounding out of the zone. Yeah. Because like they, they, they came and rebounded man. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying we can't rebound out of the man. So like that I mean, then what's, what's the difference, honestly? Like Yeah, what's the difference? Yeah, yeah, that too. That too. Uh let's go with uh let's go with Brian. He's an Illinois guy. What's good, man? What's up, Brian? Uh first off, just want to say obviously great game. Um I think what hurt Michigan the most is that they kind of needed this one to, you know keep it going. Uh, they kind of, you know, early year, they really shot themselves in the foot. Obviously you guys have probably covered it with some of the losses, but um, just needing to go on the road to Illinois and win a game to, you know, I guess they, I don't know, they could still make a run in the tournament. They're playing really good basketball right now. And they've got a lot of uh, really good players, but um, yeah, I think that for me, the big takeaway is, uh, and this is maybe a little too macro, but you look at Illinois, no other best two players tonight were the two transfers. And then at the end of the game, you look who's, you know, taking the last shot for Michigan. You know, it's kind of a transfer they kind of just got, you know, I don't know, more or less just because they kind of had to get get someone to have a body out there. And uh, I think it's just kind of, you know, more or less the story of how uh, you look at Shannon and Meyer have been our best two players all year long. Yeah. Maybe a player of that level could, you know, make it so Michigan doesn't need the game on the road in, you know, the start of March to, you know, keep the tournament hopes alive just uh, I, I thought that was the biggest takeaway for me. Yeah, I think you know saying that you know that you know, that that does have me think about you know, how many how many minutes these young guys were playing earlier. Uh, do I think if we have um, if there are more experienced players playing in some of those bye games and you know against Central just just to get Michigan through right and so those freshmen can. You know, get their lumps, but at the same, but when they get their lumps, they're not also getting a loss, right? Like you can get lumps and still win, and then you can go back into the film room and fix some things. Um, but but for sure, like that would be a lot better. Like I'm looking at this, I'm looking at overtime. Michigan's up two with 31 seconds left. I see three true freshmen on the court. Kobe Bufkin, who's the same age as a freshman, played none last year, and Hunter, you know, out there trying to like close this close this game out. And no, no, maybe if there's really good transfers who are able to get them through early, and by the time when the freshmen are ready to play, play a lot more, play a lot more minutes. This is just a much better team overall. Similar to how, like, because, like, Ty Rogers wasn't thrown into the fire early, right? Yeah, he really struggled. But you guys had experienced players to kind of get you through some things. You guys had Coleman. You guys had Terrence. You guys had Meyer. Um, to really get you through some, some tough games. And you guys took a lump against Missouri, but – you guys still beat some really good, yeah, but you guys still beat a really good Texas team. You beat a really good UCLA team. You know what I mean? So, like, you were able to have ex experienced guys to get you through some of those. So, by time, now you're in game what? This was game 30 for you guys? No, now you have 
Ty Rogers playing a lot of minutes, like night and day from when this first from when this first started. Uh, Sincere Harris playing a lot of minutes. Um, pretty much sat Dane because he couldn't play in this game, and Coleman Hawkins playing the five as hard as he could. Yeah, like he he played all but one minute, all but one. Um. And then you had like Brandon Lee coming in to just offer another body. Yeah. So like if if anything, this is a really good win for Illinois, being able to win this game without a guard. Like, like yeah, I hope that's all right. You know what I mean? You guys kind of touched on it, but uh, you know, since they couldn't really run anything and Obviously, there was a lot of noise. Uh, obviously, most people in here don't really pay that much attention to Illinois. But there was a lot of noise during the week about uh, their three-point shooting and how much they shot it. And you could really tell today, and maybe it was because Epps was out and they couldn't really run anything, but they just really kind of just put their head down <laughs> and by hook or by crook, you know, try to get two feet in the lane. So, and, you know, it worked out pretty pretty efficiently, I thought, for most of the night. And uh, you know, obviously, you can't you – can't, uh, can't Hundred percent. Thanks, Brian. Uh, let's go with Ryan. What's up, man? What's up, uh, Ryan? Just a couple things. I just want to know your thoughts on the amount of switching that Michigan does, especially with being thirty feet away from the basket and essentially predetermined. I think that causes uh, mismatches and then rebounding uh, mismatches as well. And then also with. Uh, Defensively, I think it was a terrible effort with uh, knowing the scout. I mean, Aaron Shannon just got downhill left-handed drives all night. And then guys just flying past non-shooters, just leaving the lane wide open for dunks and just shots at the rim. Yeah, I don't know. I think you put Terrace out there. I mean, I even tweeted. I was like, you need to switch everything with Terrace right now in the last minute and a half. And I mean, in the middle, you know, beginning of the game, no. But you you got to play different at the end of a game than you do at the beginning because you're going to get attacked more and you want to force as much one-on-one, not create any advantages where you can, you know, set a ball screen and then create a four-on-three situation. So I don't know. The, the switching is tough, but I thought Terrace was out there to do just that. I think Juwan is comfortable having him switch on the guards and hold his own. Terrence Shannon was just a really good player, and he put him in a blender there and got that and one. That was that was huge. Um, but he he was he was right there. He did ninety five percent of the work, and then just put his hand down and was you know in Terrence's space in his plane and and got a uh, got a foul call on him. I mean, he was right there, really close. But I don't know. I go back and forth with with that stuff because I've seen them high hedge at the end of games. Because and try not to give up a three, right? If they're up three and they want to hedge and make sure they don't get off open three, but then they've hedged too hard. They've gone out too far uh, towards the half court and then create an advantage underneath. So I don't know. It's a give and take. You just have to deal with it. Like there's never going to be a perfect world, right? If if you run a ball screen and the ball handler comes off and he shoots it, and your big guy is hedging and he's out of position for rebounding, like it's no different than than switching everything and then kind of being out of position matchup wise remind you just have to deal with it you have to figure it out you have to box out and do the best you can sometimes the ball isn't going to bounce your way but i think that switching there at the end was probably the right play yeah and on top of that like if you're looking at illinois 
there's really no difference in each player. Like, I know, yes, there's a difference between Terrence Shannon and Meyer and yeah, but the rest um, Holman, but like, like they're all pretty much the same prototype. And when you have that, switching switching takes away the leverage from not switching. So if you don't switch, it's much easier to get around the corner and get to the lane, get to the paint, get within 18 feet, and that's when chaos ensues. Um, like, you have to understand that Michigan struggled guarding today while Illinois ran quick hitters. Like, they didn't run offense. Like, go back and watch this. They ran maybe one, two passes concept, then they were just playing. Um, yeah, the, yeah, this is yeah, this 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 was this was a rough game, especially despite all the stuff that was going on in this game, up seven with the minute 45 to go. Just execute, take care of the ball and execute, and you win the basketball game. That's all it comes down to. And then one more thing is I think Cheddar could have got a few minutes there in overtime or even in the end of the second half, even with the four fouls, I think even maybe over T will. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I, no? I feel that no, no, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think so. I, I think, I think what, what Cheddar did, like just like in these games, is the fact that, like, one, like, he he put dudes on their ass every time he fouled them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he's not late on rotations. Uh, he's there to try to take charges. Chance Shannon trying to, like, bring the house down with the big dunk. And it's not a foul. He put him on his ass. He put him on his ass, right? Um, I think Chandler was, was, was plus seven today. Yeah, um, nine minutes. and a lot of that was because he's not looking to score. Like all he's looking to do is just do his job and just and just play his role, and for everyone else to just do their thing. Um, I don't think that was a spot for him, and I'm kind of glad that they they didn't throw him in that fire. The whole point of Cheddar is just to make sure that you know it just offers much better balance at the start of games and the start of halves. When he's in, like it's much better balanced. But in these in this situation, um, I didn't mind with them going with the more experienced player in T Will. Um, no, they're they they're they weren't in a uh, lesson teaching vibe at that point. It was, hey, look, who's going to help us win this game? Um, and they went with a more seasoned player, which which I can't argue with. What can we do? I I love Will, but he's got to remember this. He's tall as hell. The, some yes. of the charges. I love him, man. I do. I love his energy. I love his personality. I love what he brings. But there's a lot of times where I'm like, block that shot, dude. Just block that shot and start the fast break. Six nine. Like sometimes him jumping straight up is better than any charge. Oh, for sure. I've always, I always, always believe that. Always, like especially you know how, college, like, uh, especially in college. Yeah. How he just jumps straight, not to block, just jump straight up with his hand straight up at like 10 and a half, 11 feet. Like, how do you? That's a, you're going to make that the other opposing player, like good players will make that 33% of the time. 
Yes, they would like, they would struggle. Yes. So at the NBA level, they struggle. Right. Right. Like, man, do that in college. Like, dudes already have a problem finishing because all they want to do is that Euro stuff. Yeah. Um, I know he's eager. He's eager to get those charges and put himself in position, but there's a lot of times where you gotta learn it, right? It's all feel. I think him and Terrace, especially as big men, it's a little different, like timing. Like, do I have enough time to get over there to block this shot? Do I have enough time to get over there to take this charge? How the speed of the game, how fast is this guy? Is this guy slower? So it's all sorts, of, it's just an experience thing that you know, like like if this team was just one year older, it's a totally different story, obviously. That you could say that yeah. about a lot of teams, but that's he's just, played under yeah. 300 minutes. Yeah. Like this isn't a guy who was playing early. Like, this is a dude who I got that in 10 games. Yes, that's that's Stu. I got that in 20 because I'm I'm not from Carmel. Yo, I didn't have, have a pool at my hey, school. I had an above ground pool in Cicero, Indiana. Listen, that TikTok took three minutes and it probably didn't even show the whole school. No, it sure didn't. And it's under construction. Oh, it it's like it's actually expanding. It probably is expanding. You probably have like dorms and stuff. They're getting close to it. Ridiculous. Um, let's go with Griffin. Talk. Um, I was just curious. Um, obviously, you alluded this before, but um, Illinois really got to the rim tonight. Um, they're a high three-point shooting team, um, but it really seemed like the Michigan defense was biting on those pump fakes, and that really seemed like a detriment, especially in the first half. Do you think that was a scheme thing or just bad discipline on the part of the Michigan players defensively? Like they take a lot of threes. And you and you know that coming in, where they will take threes from wherever, however, they take they they average like I believe almost thirty threes a game, yeah. so you kind of knew that coming into it. So you knew guys had to, you know, somewhat contest. Um, but Illinois just kept putting the ball on the deck and getting to the paint repeatedly, repeatedly. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed like they were antsy. I mean, there was one. It was like that Melendez one where he got a layup. Doug just closed out on him way too hard. And I understand that because you're a lot shorter than Melendez. And so you really want to get up there. You really don't want to make him <laughs> let him get a shot off when the scouting report is these guys get a lot of threes off. We can't let them get going. But I don't know. That's some experience. I don't know. I get it, right? It's one of those. It's a kind of lose-lose, where if you let a team shoot early, then they start hitting them. Then you look dumb, and then the reverse, you look dumb. But, yeah, they should have just been a lot more disciplined on their closeouts. Um, they're just, you know, that's that half-step slow. We talked about it before. All it takes is half a step to be too slow and that you've already thrown yourself out of position and made it that much harder on you to close out. So that's, I mean, it boils down to that a lot of times, that half-step. Yeah, it's over after that. Uh, Corey, what's up? Hey, guys. I um, want to focus on a really specific uh, event that happened in the game. Uh, hopefully you guys remember it. There was a situation where Hunter Dickinson drew a foul on Coleman Hawkins um, on uh, right around the left elbow uh, on the lane. And it, to me, it seemed like a complete and total flop. Um, 
The thing I want to focus on there, though, is not so much that it was a flop, but on the macro perspective in college basketball, have officials kind of just given up on calling flops? It seems like it has watching many games. And then on a micro perspective, Underwood screamed and screamed and screamed for a hook and hold there. And there's definitely no hook and hold, not even mm-hmm. close. Do you think he screamed for that to be able to force our officials to watch Hunter flop and hope to get a makeup call after the fact? Honestly, I think he called that because he's not playing a lot of guys and he wanted to give them another rest, if anything. I mean, Meyer got away with the hook and hold. I can't believe they didn't review that before. The one on the one on Hunter? The one on Jet. Remember when Meyer? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was, I, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. I might be wrong. I got to watch that again. But I think. Also, Hunter got got uh, hit in the face. Yeah, so, so I mean, he all flopped, the flops up afterwards. Flopped, but when you watch the video playback and somebody flops, but there is contact, you don't. It's not a flop call. So he did get hit in the face, luckily, because Hunter <laughs> one earlier this year where he just fell down. What a game was that? Okay, he just he just like dropped to the floor like a sack of potatoes. It was hilarious, and he got hit in the back. <laughs> But this one, I think he got hit in the face. Coleman won. Coleman's a funny dude. He was given the review sign like the entire game. It, he was. He was. Yeah, he was. Like, he was like, "Come on, I don't care if there's 10, 10 minutes left. No. Come on, let's go review." But uh, <laughs> what was the question on 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 a macro level? Like, is it a problem with like or, or or not calling it? Um, I don't know why I don't they know, stopped think, calling flops. I mean, Meyer. He got called for that one, and he thought there was some contact. (laughs) Yeah, there was kind of some contact. I mean, he was somebody was in his space a little bit. Oh, I'm just I just remember that terrace foul on that Meyer three pointer. Um, so I don't know. I haven't seen. I don't know. I don't want to watch enough games. Maybe if you collected all the data and everything, but it's uh, I think there's a lot more contact in these situations than people realize, and that that's not. If somebody does get touched, no matter how egregious they act, like it's just not going to get called. I feel you get fouled on almost every possession, like to some extent. Like yeah. the, the Big Ten is so physical, bro. It's I don't know. It's like a, I feel. Like I a, mean, it's you got to you, you'd shit your pants if you tried to ref a Big Ten game. <laughs> it's impossible. Lose your mind. Yeah, you 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 make one call wrong, and you'd be like, "Oh God!" You'd you'd freak out. Like, yeah, how these guys do it? I know, like, there's some issues there, but um, I don't know. It's not an easy job, to say the least. That's facts. Uh, let's go with the uh, let's go with Peter. Peter. What's up, y'all? A couple things. Um, I feel like Doug coming out of the gates is so confident getting to that. Uh, that mini pull up, you know, when they're playing like drop coverage, mm-hmm. and he sort of fades away from that. I don't know if it's just late in games or as the game goes on. I get that you kind of want to speed Dickinson and get Kobe touches late in the game. I just feel like he could he could get to that spot a couple more times. Melinda. Uh, second thing, second thing. Um, Hunter Dickinson's a forty percent three point shooter. I feel like he should be taking more than like. 1.6 three-point attempts a game. Um, just seems a little low for somebody shooting that high of a percentage. But, yeah, let me know your guys' thoughts. Um, Well, the Doug thing, especially this game, everybody was 6'6 or up. 
Yeah, he went off, and then they just put – they were like, all right, screw that. Like, you're going to go on the ball screen. We're going to do drop coverage, and Melendez is going to be trailing behind you like a tall tree. <laughs> right, exactly. It's going to be like shadow with his limbs just over you, and you can see it's like a scary movie. <laughs> yeah. They did a good job adjusting to Doug, honestly. Um, yeah. I thought this was going to be a tough matchup for Doug because of – because just personnel-wise, they just don't have anybody shorter than – Six six really outside of sincere, but yeah. he didn't play play that much. Um, but uh, but they did fairly well. So what went on? What it would have been better for Doug if sincere played a little better and stayed in the game <laughs> too, and not get concussed. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. <laughs> and then your your uh, second question question. Yeah, I was just saying for Hunter being a forty percent three point shooter. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you think you want to take more than like. I think he's averaging like 1.6 a game right now. Yeah. If this was JB, he probably get like three and three to four a game. It is odd though, the pick and pops hurt. I feel I feel like it's open. There's like three or four times a game I'm just screaming at him to, to at least just shoot it. I what I love, and I think they run this really well every time, and I don't know why they don't use it more often. Um Kobe gets it. it, it they set a screen, like one of the guys catches on the wing. And instead of setting a screen to have the ball handler go towards the middle, they set a screen angled so that the ball handler goes towards the baseline. The big will automatically help more off that because instead of drop coverage, he's going to play a little more hedge. And yeah. Hunter sticks, he just turns around and sticks to the three-point line. And I feel like that's been open for him his entire career at Michigan, and it's something they could probably utilize more. It's a good point, something I don't think they think about a lot. In Is that a pistol? Let's get Hunter threes, but it's not a bad play. Is that a pistol screen? Is that what that is? Is that a pistol? Um, oh, wow, I forget. Yeah, maybe. I thought pistol. Yeah, I think I have to right. look it up. Yeah, I think that's a pistol. I agree there. Um, but then it's like, it's kind of, but then you're like, you know, he should be playing, he should be able to feast on someone like Coleman at the same time, right? 6'10, 6'11, 215. Um, Hunter usually takes full advantage of those matchups. He can catch it within eight feet, but Holman did a really good job at forcing Hunter to catch it at 15, 16, 17 feet consistently. I don't know how he was doing it. I have to go back and watch. Um, I know Hunter had a really good game, but Holman made that dude work the whole game. Like the whole game, he made Hunter work. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go back and watch, just just like, just like what he was doing to force Hunter to catch it so far out. Hunter never got the ball within like five feet where he could just catch it, turn and hook. Like he had to work, like throughout the entire game. And you know what? Part of that may be the reason why he missed that last free throw to uh to uh tie the game. You know, just. Just that little fatigue and just making him work and down there wrestling for 40-plus minutes, it takes a toll on you. I mean, yeah. they, they Everyone does their work early on Hunter, and they know if they push him a little bit that he'll get outside the paint. Um, I don't know. There's, I think there's a lot of ways they can take advantage of that. A lot of spin moves and seals. You know, somebody gets above you at 15 feet. I don't think they've really done a really great job of taking advantage of teams being um, 
hyperactive on the front uh, or on the push. I mean, Hunter's got a good spin move, and you 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 see Trace Jackson Davis use that a lot. It's that NBA move. Now Trace is more like Blake Griffin than Hunter Dickinson is, but right. <laughs> um, you know you right. kind of fake out and do a spin move and seal for for uh, oop. And I feel like Hunter, you know, that, that that's there like that positioning the defense is giving up is there um but they're just a lot more methodical and so you know he's calling for the ball you you say all the time like big guys lose positions all the time because they're like worried about the ball and then they forget that they need to be holding their ground <laughs> catch it at 17 and then beeline would yell at the guards all the time so you got to throw that in earlier like you can't be given although pd would catch the ball at 17 and you were fine with it so that's a little different. yeah because he's like a guard low-key yeah he was just um I mean, yeah, I you know what? I could see Hunter taking more threes. Um, Me too. Especially more pick and pop stuff. It leaves the paint wide open for drivers, guys like Doug, guys like Kobe. Um, maybe like if you have like handoff with Jet and he's going downhill. Um, and even with Terrace, you know, Terrace being able to occupy the dunker spot or somewhere down low when Hunter is picking and popping and being more of a quote-unquote perimeter guy. I I can see him taking two or three more threes per game. Um, just just to keep that spacing, especially when they go to a more a more clunky lineup. Yep. It's not even it's not even specifically this game. It's more of when when he knows he's going to get doubled on the touch. Yeah. Um, and he's if he's going to get doubled, it's a it's a pass to a pass to say T will. But would you rather have Hunter take the wide open three than a he will swing around three? Yeah, but I also don't want to avoid posting up just because they're double teaming either, you know, because that's probably what the other team wants. Yeah. Like, would you rather Hunter take taking five threes or getting the ball on the block five times? I think the other team would take the five threes every time. Um, and that also wears the, the, the other team down. Um because when Hunter catches the ball on the block, all five defenders are going to adjust to that. That's not always happening when he's on the three-point line. You know what I mean? So I think if you can – like you can adjust a bit with some pick, pick, and pops and getting him wide open. But for the most part, uh, that's someone who um, – you don't want the other team to dictate what you do. I think they've also focused like I think they've told Hunter that he needs to roll more because there's a lot of times at the beginning of the year he wasn't rolling like at all on a lot of these situations. And they're like the middle of the paint was wide open for him. Um, Now, I think the guards could have found him better in the perimeter when he was popping. But I think it's been a big focus, especially in this offense with these guards. It's like we need to get more space in the perimeter. Like you got to roll like you're seven foot. You gotta go take up space in the paint and use your gravity and attract the defense. Um, so that makes sense to me. It's you know, balance in sports is very tough. It's a very fickle thing. So I think if you can get him two more, three more, great. But then does that if he starts popping more, does that actually turn into seven or eight or like empty possessions where he's popping where he should be rolling? I don't know. I don't know if I can find that balance. It's crazy that like Hunter had 31 and 16 and and you know we're sitting here just real realizing just like like Hawkins did a really good job on him. Like I know we had 31 and 16, but like still Hawkins like made 
made that dude work for every single one of those points. Yeah, I was every single one into regulation. I really thought Hunter coulda, shoulda, woulda scored that. Um, and Hunter just or Coleman just stood his ground and Hunter got off balance, kind of flicked it up. Um, so yeah, I think you got to give Hunter or Coleman a lot of credit for like the amount of work and effort he put into it. 100%. Uh, let's go, Steve. What up, man? What's up? So, there's two games now where you got the game in the bag. All you have to do is not foul the shooter, and you probably win the game. I just put it into Torvik's uh, team cast, and if you take the Iowa game and tonight's game, Markham is wins. Michigan's a nine seed. So my question around that is, I know in general, Coach B was a play tough D without fouling. And you guys wouldn't even foul guys who were like going for layups and be like, make them earn it, earn the two. But did you guys talk about that in practice, in film, and even at the end of games? It seems like at the end of the game, and you have the only way they're going to be able to close it, close the gap, is by scoring and then fouling you, and then you guys missing free throws. It's emphasized. Was it emphasized to you guys? Do not foul a shooter in those in those late game situations where they're going to have to try and score and foul in desperation mode. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that's every coach I've ever had since I was like, yeah. I think Terrace is just, you know, he's very eager and, and overzealous at times with uh, his aggressiveness on defense. I don't know. It, it's a give and take here for me. Like, if that's a focus from the beginning of the year, maybe he doesn't foul there. But also, like, you just cannot foul shooters when you're not going to block the shot. Like, that's just... Yeah, <laughs> a known rule forever and ever and ever. So I don't know if if you really telling him making that a focal point is going to change much. Um, and he doesn't have the liberty. He doesn't have like the luxury to sit Terrace next game to like you know teach him a lesson. It's just not that that opportunity isn't there. So I don't know. That's a tough one. Did you ever follow three point shooters too? I <laughs> a couple times. You was did. There, was there one you remember? There was one. You probably had to run for it. They're, oh yeah, for sure. Now, like you, you just walk away, and I'm like, at you know, when like the end of your time there, you're like, it no longer hurt you. You're just like kind of racking them up. You're just like, all right, <laughs> move on. <laughs> Freshman year, you're like, oh my god, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna get in trouble. Yeah. And I'm like, nah. I I think I only did it maybe once or twice, and it was like recovering a little too hard around a screen or something, you know? Yeah. Um, I will say this within anything at the basket. Um, it was taught pretty hardcore uh, to wall up. That yeah, like, that, to like, his point, yeah. His thing was wall up, which means like you put your chest. You're, you're almost fouling them with your chest and your hips, but your hands are straight up, never breaking vertical. Um, that was his thing, um, which is like almost impossible to foul. Yeah. But that was his thing. You 
like this was me and Horford all the time. And you know it, like it's funny because when you play enough minutes or you just get to be older, sophomore, junior, senior, and the freshman comes in and he fouls and he's like, that's not a foul. And you're like, buddy, your hands went down. The ref does not care. You just don't do not this. I can't tell you the amount of times I said verbatim, do not give him a chance to call that foul. Like don't exactly. even give him the opportunity to call that foul. Trying to sound like JB. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, don't even let these because they're you know, well, JB he hated the refs, so I was like, don't let these idiots even give them a chance. You know, that's basically. This is a point of emphasis. These dummies don't know what it is. Yeah, well, they're gonna call it every single time. God dang it! Yeah, the point <laughs> of emphasis. That was so funny. Oh man, <laughs> I used to write them hard. Uh. uh Little cool story, bro. Moment you guys were talking about refing these Big Ten games, and um, back in the day, um, Rob Palinka came to the IM building and uh, ran pickup with all us uh, little muggles that were just students. <laughs> and uh, um, I remember playing him, and when it was away from the ball, bro was playing football. But then if he got the ball. And he was going for a shot. If if it was like he was called a foul, yeah. it was like, dude, <laughs> you just fucking threw me three yards out of bounds. No. <laughs> was it like that? Like, is that the way the games are actually? I mean, you see guys get mugged on shots, like especially on the road in this league. But it's just like away from the ball. It's just like fucking war. But yeah. then if you're going up for a shot, it's like kind of normal. I hate it, man. Like you can box out somebody 15 feet away from the basket. I mean, just drive your body into them, which I think is insane to me, to be honest with you. Yeah. But if you wall up like Cheddar walled up against Shannon and because the offense initiated it on that dunk attempt, Terrence got the call and granted it's Will. So people, I think they just, the refs assume at this point that Will's going to foul guys, but um, with unfairly, but uh, yeah, it's odd. It is odd on the ball versus off the ball what you can and cannot do in the physicality. I think that you learn how to get really, really physical without having that like front force contact, like a, like lineman, right. You like ease into it and then you push out and that's not as bad, like away from the ball. Um, you start running away from the ball and start knocking people over. It's very different, but uh, yeah, you definitely learn how you can be more physical away from the ball and like really, Really foul them. You just really foul people away from the ball and, and get you can do some damage to like someone's sternum. Yes. You you cut the wrong way around me, bro. You about That's to it. not be you're not yeah. about to not breathe. Yeah, hey, I was I was standing here, bro. Like, what do you want? I didn't like what do you mean? I, I didn't move. I remember in basketball camp we would do drills where you know they all put the ball in the circle and you gotta keep the man away from the ball for like oh it's yeah, like, jeez. Like fucking seconds, and it's like this is the Brutal. game. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. literally turn around and like two hand drive block, dude. Like that's <laughs> your box out. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, let's go with Joe and then Evan, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Bro. Hey man, what up, Joe? How you been? Good. I've been good. You man. Have you been better? I've been better. I hate these big time basketball. And we won tonight. 
I hate Big Ten basketball. Like, I hop in, and the first thing I want to talk about is officiating. It's like, oh man, I I can't watch a half a minute game without a bat, like everything being a charge. Yeah, like I, there was a play in the first half, I think it was, when uh, Rogers was backing down. I think he was backing down Kobe, and Kobe flopped, and they called the charge. And then next play down, Melendez. So I think Kobe drove on him, and and he kind of like put out the armbar. And I was screaming, like if Melend, if RJ would have flopped, they would have gave him the call because everything in college is a charge. I hate it. It's so bad. <laughs> I hate the block charge. I hate the block charge so much. It's whenever the whenever the commentators say it could have gone either way, it should have been a block every single time. <laughs> High school games this year where like are much more cleaner than college games. It's so bad Man. how college games are officiated. It's it's so it's so tough because these guys are refereeing pretty much every single night. Um, the speed of the game is really really fast. You you're still going against big bodies and um, there are really poor calls on both sides. And like I said earlier. Uh, I think the whistle favored Michigan, you know, uh, oh, which yeah. needed it. Yeah. But still, like, they um, – uh, like, I'm watching it. I just paused it. The seven-point game, 138 left, and Michigan goes to double OT. Like, uh, if they end up hosting NIT games, they have several games to look at. Like, hey, win two of these – Yep. You know, uh, you guys definitely had some moments this year, whereas yeah. it was there. But you guys were also what ten and ten like a month ago, and you had chances to like to even have a chance. A lot of reason why they were eleven and ten because they don't because they didn't finish games like this. Yeah, like there's several, there's several, several, and they didn't win any of them, which is crazy. Yeah. Which is crazy. You know what? They 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 won Wisconsin. They won Wisconsin. But like, yeah, a game where, yeah. So I mean, you're looking at a situation where, um, you know, Michigan is up double digits on UVA. UNC is mid. Kentucky is mid. Um, looking at Purdue by what five? Looking at in Indiana by what one or two? Looking at Iowa, you're winning late. Look at this game, you're winning late. I mean. Do you lose to Central? I mean, come on, bro. You guys have been in a rough spot. This Illinois season has been so weird because, like, they have, we've got, like, the good wins. Like, beating UCLA. Like, I was even mad when they lost to Virginia after that. That was like, whatever. Like, they they couldn't close it. All right. The Texas win was so good. They're so weird. Do you, if you think – if you look at Illinois – and you saw them as like a seven, which I think that's probably what they'll be, a seven or an eight. What one or two seed do you think would be like, oh, they could beat them, like in the second round? Because I have a feeling that's going to – I don't know that why. Illinois could beat them? Yeah, like do you think Illinois has a shot to do something like that? Like, I don't think any team would be a, would be afraid of Illinois just, just because of their, their uh, backcourt situation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they don't have the good. They don't have consistent enough guard. I said it in May. I said it in May. I said Courtney Ramey. Yeah, we were talking about that. We we're talking about literally all they needed was a guy like him to be a veteran. Yeah, go back to the I said all they needed was Courtney Ramey. 
like like that's all they need and relying on two true freshmen for this type of team who can who has the make who who's built who's built to do something in March um to not go get a veteran point guard. I mean, how good is he for Arizona right now? Yep. Like you get that dude, and you guys could have afforded him. Your NIL people do a great job. I mean, you're one piece away. Um, and then now you know maybe Sky Clark is still there, and now you have Sky and Epps coming off the bench, battling for time. Maybe even a couple. Maybe even having Ramey and then Epps in the game, and then you got. Shannon Meyer Coleman to like close out games. I mean, you guys, you know, one piece away uh, from really being scary. But at the same time, if you get a good matchup, good things can happen. But your backcourt situation is really limiting you, honestly. Back on the couch to wrap everything up. Appreciate you guys listening, tuning in to me and Ant and uh, everybody on that hangout. Talk about the game answer some questions tough loss just heartbreaking for the kids honestly just feel gutted for them i will end with this note is i've seen a lot i i just opened up started to look at this real app it's like real sports um really great app and i'm you know reading the michigan instagram basketball account and just the vitriol directed at these kids is wild to me one it's not that serious and two there's a one there's another person on the end of those comments that can see those and i don't think people realize how much it affects kids anybody to see those comments it, it, it's not it's not fair they're not trying to intentionally hurt you by their play they're not trying to intentionally miss shots and this is not a you know, missing a shot or having a bad game is not indicative of these people. We don't need to diminish these kids because of some basketball performance. And it's honestly pretty disgusting to see some of these comments directed towards these kids when they're just giving it their all. All they want to do is win a basketball game. I mean, they could not be caring more about that. And to say otherwise is just disingenuous uh, at best. And so please... Be nice to these kids, please. I, I know fandom is a very serious thing. And it's why college sports is so great because that committed fandom and it's always appreciated. But it's really not that serious for you to go turn around and tell someone they suck at something. I mean, put yourself in their shoes it'd be the last thing you want to hear from someone who's never been in their shoes before like you you just it's it's terrible and so please i implore all of you to just take a breather and try and process it on your own and not take it out on these kids on social media whatever format it is um but i do appreciate you guys listening uh, we'll be back next week before right after the iu game hopefully i'm release something Tuesday, Wednesday, right before the Big Ten tournament. Um, you know, as always, uh, subscribe, rate the show wherever you listen to the podcast. Tweet at me, SWD underscore 317. You know, tell me I'm stupid. That's fine. Direct all your hate towards me. I don't really care. Um, it's a lot of fun to talk with you guys on Twitter. 
and to just, you know, throw opinions back and forth. But it is fun watching this team and it, I am gutted for them. I know how hard they've worked and how far they've come in the last couple of months. So I'm still excited for IU, still hopeful that that glass is still half full there. So it'll be fun to say they finish out the season, but I appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be back next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.